Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Court Case Podcast with me, your host, James Court. We've got an interesting sounding episode today. We've got no jingles and no sweet tea. The reason for No Sweet Tea is she's currently doing a three-week intensive training course. And the reason for No Jingles is they're just too upbeat for what we're going to be talking about today. So though the unique sound, I do hope that normal court case listeners will still tune in and still listen to the whole episode because it is really important what we're talking about today. And I hope that you come away with perhaps an enhanced or a different perspective. Now I'm just going to get into it. What we're talking about today is going to be Ukraine particularly the war that's going on at the moment and we've got someone that is currently living in Ukraine and they've agreed to come on the podcast and talk about their experience living day to day in this war-torn country. This person is Sandra Grace. She's a singer and she's been on the podcast before. She's a friend of me and Sweet Teas. Now, our relationship with Sandra is that she we started talking to her during the first season of the podcast and but she didn't end up coming on our show until the second where we did an interview her about her music and her dreams to move to the states and yeah we hadn't spoken in a few, few months apart from the odd sharing on social media and the odd message to see how see how they were but it was obvious that she was a came from Ukraine she made it adamant during her interview with us and we knew that from the start and we do have people on the podcast from different nationalities and living in different places and we pride ourselves on getting guests from different areas so when this all started uh, immediately me and Sweet Tea we thought of Sandra and we wondered how she was doing and so I did reach out to her and I didn't get an immediate reply um, which didn't worry me because we hadn't spoken in a few weeks, maybe a couple months. But um, when she did reply, she was very immediate in addressing the intensity of the situation. Uh, I think my, my first message reply from her was, uh, the Russians have bombed my airport and we're all hiding in my kitchen, which obviously someone like me who's just living in the south of England fairly safe uh it sort of struck you a little bit to be getting given a message like that so I didn't know particularly how to react so I just said that she's free to message me whenever she wants that I will message her every day to make sure that she's okay from now on which I have done and yeah and that sort of I didn't really I felt very powerless 
which I'm sure a lot of people that are really researching you Ukraine and are really keeping up the news are probably feeling the same way. But after that, she started sending me voice messages. We moved our conversation from Instagram to WhatsApp. We normally talk on Instagram. And yeah, she said that she didn't think Instagram was secure. So she would rather move to WhatsApp where it's end-to-end encrypted and the conver- our conversations can be a lot more private. And from then on, she started sending me voice messages. Uh, so I would hear a voice um, every day or so. And the past week mainly what I've been thinking about I've been waiting to get a voice message or a message from her and if I haven't I've been fearing the worst so we've been in regular daily contact mostly since then I was just you know I've been thinking about what I can do about the situation and uh, I've been talking to uh, people at the other podcast that I work at the search for the soulful leader and they suggested I try and see if if she's safe to do a recording to come on court case and uh, tell us about you know what's really going on there and so I suggested this to Sandra and she was all for it but because of the state that where she's at Ukraine is in uh, recording is can be quite difficult so we had to think about how we're going to do it and now originally the way that we've done this podcast I was just going to you know pretend that she was live over zoom with me and talking but then I didn't want it to come off as disingenuous so I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat how we've recorded this podcast. So basically, because she's not able due to Wi-Fi and um, actions from the Russians to be in a stable Wi-Fi for a long amount of time, she's basically, I've sent her a bunch of interview questions and she has responded with voice messages, which I am then going to insert into the podcast so to have a sort of mock interview format that's the best way that we've managed to do it we hope that you guys can still listen okay with that format i still think it's going to sound good so sandra lives um obviously in ukraine she's got some friends that are living in kharkiv which is one of the big cities that has been hit during the invasion if you have seen on the news the pictures of the civilians sleeping in the subways that is Kharkiv. Uh, so she's got a lot of friends that are right in the thick of it at the moment. Uh, she's got a lot of things to say. And uh, I'm just going to play first the welcome. She sent a welcome message. It was really good. She has treated this as if we were recording a full-on normal podcast. She's tried to do that anyway. So this is her welcome message to everyone listening. Hey, everyone um every person who's listening to the podcast hopefully the more people who are going to listen to this will know the truth and will spread it around the world because this is important and i think that there are a lot of people who still um, don't understand what is actually happening in ukraine and i hope that this podcast and everything that I'm going to be talking about here will be um, for some of them an eye-opening truth. So I started off asking her a question about before this all kicked off and I asked her did you have any idea that something like this invasion could happen before it did? We actually knew um, that this would happen 
because because everything that happened in 2014 was already i think it was the first step when russia wanted to um break the country and basically take the control over the country and um it was just a period of time where ukrainian people as well as ukrainian army was um not really strong enough but um i think i think that time for a lot of people was the first sign but it's been like eight years and we already know that they were preparing all of this i don't know for how many years but for a lot of years before actually doing what they did but um i think around maybe october month of 2021 um we already started noticing and it was all over the news and our government was watching um how russia was basically building the um their army and taking everything that they have all the forces to the border with our country and everyone was just like watching and waiting because it was just a matter of time every time we would talk about it with my family friends or other people i always thought it would that it's going to be impossible i had um i couldn't imagine this happening and i still can't imagine that this is happening and even though i knew that they have a lot of um a lot of military forces uh, next to our border and it was only growing bigger and bigger every day i just had a very high hope that that it's just like you know for scaring us and to destroy our economic first not to actually invade our country and start a war killing peaceful people so clearly there is quite a deep history there between ukraine and russia particularly with putin and uh, 2014 it's interesting when you think about the possibility of something like this of war being on your doorstep and how you know you don't believe it at the time and it's like, you you know, you get all these people on Twitter that are sort of like, oh, don't talk about World War Three. you're being stupid and stuff like that. It's like, well, you know, there's there are people in Ukraine that thought that this wasn't going to happen and then it did happen. So, I mean, having conversations like that when you are worried is, is natural and I think it's fine to have. I'm going to, you know, the first half of this podcast episode, I do realise that I framed myself as quite serious because it is a serious subject matter which it is but i'm going to start going as we get a bit more intense with the emotions i probably will go slightly more off the rails and a little bit more um emotional when it comes to some of the stuff she says because it is upsetting to me and it does piss me off quite a large amount now i next asked her something which i'm sure everyone wants to know because you know the media can distort things there has been a lot of stuff on twitter you know there's been a lot of um oh this has been fact checked the ghost of kiev has been fact checked and it's different than what other people have said is going on and stuff like that so the next question that i asked her is what is it really like in ukraine right now specifically what is it like day to day and she decided to sort of take me through 
what it was like from the first day it happened for her through to where she is now today. The very first day, it was the 24th of February when um, they actually crossed the border. I think, well, we knew we were waiting for a Russian president to actually announce it. He had like a special um, online talk with his people and we were we were watching it and we were waiting for him to actually say that he's going to do what he did and he called it like a special operation because he um this is bullshit by the way i think everybody knows but so he just called it like a special operation for saving people in ukraine from the government because the government, um, as he says, keeps us in chains and we are suffering here and we and and he was like stating that we want to be a part of Russia, which we never actually did. I woke up at I think it was five AM in the morning. Mm. It was a bad night. I had a really bad feeling after watching his um the, the, the on like his online bullshit that he was talking and I woke up at 5 a.m. because my family told me that they already crossed the border and at first I was like I, I couldn't believe it and it was just hard you know it's really hard for your brains to process everything in such a short period of time especially because the information um it's it's not like a good information your body shuts down doesn't want to accept anything and so the first day was like i i tried to like feel okay and act normal but i was i was very like i, I can't say i was scared but i was i think i had anxiety because i do have anxiety like all this time right now but um we were just we didn't know what to do we were going inside the house outside the house calling everybody um just looking at each other and we went to the market to buy food because like we we don't we didn't know what's going to happen in like an hour even and so everybody was scared that we might have um no food here and like the water and the heat we were looking for all the empty bottles that we had and get in the water and there were a lot of people everywhere in every store um on every market so many lines everywhere people were trying to buy everything actually the stores are like literally empty because everybody panicked on the first day people tr people were trying to buy the hell out of the store really and then ever since the first day it's like you can't think straight you can't do anything you don't want to eat i'm at the point where i have no appetite i um the first the first three days i was still like eating at least but now i eat like once a day um because i just try to force myself i do understand that eating is important 
but um I don't want to eat I just don't know what I want to do I have um I just feel like my body couldn't accept it for the first like several days and since yesterday I begin to feel very anxious and scared and depressed and um I don't know I can't find a single place in my home where I can feel okay, comfortable or safe. And mm, I just um I just go around the house every t- every day like I I sit on the couch, I lay on the floor, I sleep on the floor actually and um all I do is I just have my phone in my hands all the time no matter where I go even when I take a shower I still take my phone with it because um it's just you can't focus on anything and all you do is read the news we we watched tv almost like almost like 24/7 for the first days and now we barely turn it on because everybody is on the phone reading the news and 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 waiting for this to be over. I have never been scared of the dark, but now I am. And it is easier for me to handle my emotions and feel safer during the day, but every time the evening comes and the night, it's very hard because I'm scared to fall asleep. Um I I listen to every sound inside the home outside the home and I get scared literally even when the the, the dogs bark or like somebody's talking outside or if the train is going next to me or if the car is driving next to my house or if somebody's calling my mom or really anything and especially at night i sleep with my phone in my hand i have two apps on my phone which go on every time there is an air danger and the sound goes on we have sirens all over the city and they are very loud and the sound actually is very disturbing and for the first several days i was um like i felt scared every time the sound of the sirens was going on but now i just feel i don't even know how to describe actually what i feel because thanks god we have um nothing here it's quiet and safe for now and i really pray and hope that it's going to be like that but um it's just that every sound is like every sound that is happening every sound that i hear my body thinks it's some kind of danger and i just get completely shut down and i can't think straight it's actually easier for me to sleep during the day because i know that everybody's awake and if something happens like they can wake me up and um i would rather stay awake until the morning there's a lot of things to unpack there there's a lot of interesting notions developing fears being one of them her now being scared of the dark when she wasn't before that's 
that's really upsetting and just i mean just the last bit that she said there the fact that she would rather sleep in the day than at night because you know it's safer and if you know most of the stuff happens uh i just i don't know what to say to some of these things i'm trying to sort of be an um you know unbiased interviewer but you can't really in this you know it's absolutely fucked up and it's very much pissing me off and especially you know because there's someone that i know out there experiencing all of this now another thing that i asked her about that i thought was important is that the media is portraying a lot of different stories we've heard a lot of things like if you guys heard about i believe it's snake island a group of 13 ukrainians who said fuck you to that warship uh russian warship and then were blown up which was quite a harrowing story and then you've also got things like the ghost of kiev and stuff and so i asked sandra i said there's been some inspirational stories shown to the rest of the world such as the elderly woman confronting russian soldiers and the ghost of kiev have you experienced any brave acts like these yourself well i was volunteering for um making the bandera smoothie as they are called now which is molotov cocktails and when I was there, it was a very brave and very motivating spirit around everybody who was participating in this. People were united. They were laughing, making jokes and having this spirit of the win and that we're going to win and everything's going to be okay. Okay, so there's no stories of like specific Ukrainian people there, but... It's still, in a way, I think better because she's talking about, you know, her people as a collective and the people that she was volunteering with as a collective and having that shared morale and that shared idea that they're going to get through this, which I think, you know, is a lot more powerful than just, you know, one person doing something, which I think is is really interesting. So the next thing that I asked her to delve in about is obviously she's still in Ukraine and there are many people that have fled the country and I wanted to ask her about her reasons why she's decided to stay in Ukraine and not leave while she could. Obviously her airport was blown up, it was one of the first things she told me about but I still wanted to ask the question see if there are any other means that she could have gotten out and didn't or if she decided that she was never going to. I just wanted to know her reasonings behind that. My reason for not leaving the country, um, well, a lot of people actually ask me why I don't go to States because there is an opportunity and I always wanted this and you guys know it too. I talked about it in the first time being on your podcast, but, um, you know, I don't want to pay the price like this for leaving and leaving my family here because they obviously are not going to go anywhere and um the man of like i think 18 years to like 60 years are not allowed to leave the country and i can't leave my family here and go i don't want to even if i like go and the moment i go inside like the moment i sit on the plane i'm going to regret it and i'm going to cry and it's not worth it i'm not going to feel happy in states or anywhere else knowing that my family is here and being afraid 
every second not knowing what's happening to them and I just like when everything is going to be over when we will win this um I think maybe that's going to be the time I'll think of moving to another country but for now I have my position very clear and strong that I'm staying with my family this is my home and I think I have never been more proud of being Ukrainian because even though this country is um is not the place where I feel like growing and building my career and living the rest of my life for now I can't leave and I can't surrender my family and just go so I just really hope that things are going to be okay and this is going to be over soon and and then maybe then I'll go somewhere but for now I don't even think of this very honorable obviously having the chance to leave and uh, having people suggesting that she leave and her not doing it for her country and for her family which is obviously great and she did mention there that obviously men aged I think it was 16 or 18 to 60 are not being allowed to leave obviously which is you know in the modern day something that is questionable um, I think I don't think by wider governments I think most countries nowadays would still do that but I think when there's so many able-bodied people of both genders I don't get why we're still uh, doing that but you know still so obviously she wasn't going to leave if half of her family her male side of her family weren't allowed to leave anyway that makes complete sense to me I completely understand I completely feel for her in in that regard and I think it's amazing and admirable what she's decided to do and as I was recording this um, obviously I said earlier in the podcast that uh, there was a ceasefire today and which you know I tried to think of as maybe a positive but apparently Russia is not observing the ceasefire and they're still shelling evacuation points um, in Maripol so no silver lining no um, positive note there fucking idiots let's just carry on with the interview before we get even more pissed off so I asked her the next question that I asked her question number five was I asked her what are you doing to help now I didn't ask that in a sort of snarky what are you doing to help sort of way I asked her this question because she had told me before herself that she was making Molotov cocktails and I wanted her to talk to me about and talk to the people of the podcast about what it's like volunteering and what she was doing to help so um, she goes into that now I actually decided to go and volunteer because I was really tired of sitting at home and doing nothing and watching the news because it's just too much. So many information. Every second there's something new. Oh, I literally... (laughs) So ever since I did like the mold of a cocktail, I help everybody online to ban um the russian propaganda um like channels all over the internet mostly like social media where they post complete bullshit and like false information there are a lot of channels where they literally spread so many shit which is not true and 
I've been reading a lot of things they do and say, and this is just insane. It's really like, um, I have a friend who lives in Russia, and like he's very supportive, and he, he's like he was crying, calling me on the first day, and um, he was really scared, and he texts me every day. But there are a lot of people who literally are zombies because they don't fucking understand and they believe everything that's been told for so many years to them like they literally eat the bullshit their fucking president says and it's like you know i don't feel sorry for for them i don't feel sorry for them being isolated completely right now and i just don't feel anything i i don't feel like they should be you know treated better or given a second chance or anything because they don't help they don't use their voices they don't try to stop this even though there are people who um go on the streets and they protest you know it's obviously understandable what the government russian government does to them but um there are not a lot of people. A lot of people are still fucking sitting at home and doing absolutely nothing and supporting this. And it's just scary because we live in the world where, you know, internet is everything and you can just go online and read international news and read the truth. But they don't even want to do this. Like, you know, like when the whole world is literally screaming that they invaded Ukraine and they are killing people, killing fucking innocent people, they're killing kids and fucking russians they are still saying that like we support this because like because they do deserve it um i'm sorry but i don't i don't feel anything for them i just hope that they're going to like die in their murder that they created and because this is what's going to happen they're going to break the country and there i think there won't be a country like this it's just a matter of time don't eat the bullshit, I think, is a very good phrase, uh, anti-Russia phrase that I think we could seriously adopt. That is some really emotional words from Sandra there. And, I mean, she's, she you knows she's not wrong, obviously. She's the one living it. But I've seen online, not just from Russians on TikTok, I've seen a lot of, like, American nutty conspiracy theory people claiming all these different reasons why Russia's invading ukraine and how like america wants it to happen or something like that like they've got bio labs in ukraine and that's why and shit like that and it's just absolute bollocks and it's just nothing everything doesn't need to have some sort of stupid conspiracy theory reason and it's just a fucking disgusting dictator waving his willy around and it's causing all of this utter dis devastation and it's just it's black and white i think to me and luckily to most people but obviously there's many people in russia that are eating up what putin is saying as there's also many people that aren't i have seen the um protests in in moscow and like sandra said amazingly she's got a friend in russia who's really upset about what's going on but there's plenty of people that are like Sandra said eating the bullshit and not just in Russia you've got people in in America UK conspiracy theorists and stuff and it's just it's so tiring 
you know, there's conspiracies with Corona, there's conspiracies with this, and it just seems to be every single main thing, there's a reason why it could be some other way. And it's just bloody frustrating at the end of the day. I asked her, uh, this I figured would be quite a big question for her, I asked her, what are you most scared of right now? I'm in the part of Ukraine where everything is okay for now but I mean I don't know if this is going to be like this or if um, it's going to be changed and um, my mental emotional state is very disturbing Um, I like I just don't want to even say it out loud what I'm scared of I do want to live and I just you know I realized that so many troubles that I had during my life even like a month before everything started they are they don't mean anything right now they don't even look like troubles or problems or issues anymore um I'm thankful for waking up every day and being safe, but I'm scared for, you know, I'm scared for not waking up one day, maybe, because we don't know if, we don't know if they're going to come to the part of the country I am in, but, and and just watching all the videos of innocent people being killed, kids being killed, the way they bomb hospitals, they bomb schools they bomb apartments complex just like where really ordinary people like me live and they do it they know what they do and they know where to shoot they do it on purpose it's not like they don't know where the fucking bomb is going to like you know it's just obvious that they know what they're doing and this is a very scared this is a scared fact i think Every fucking Russian who attacks and and like kills on purpose because a lot of people actually are like given up and they there are a lot of um Russian people who like soldiers who actually are like my age. There are people who even like younger than me and they they give up because they're scared and they don't want to fight. They don't want to kill. But there are people who honestly are crazy. They're I think they are even worse than Satan at this point because they don't they don't kill they don't shoot for like military objects they fucking shoot people like there were videos that I saw that there was a car with um a boy and a dad and dogs and they were trying to leave Kiev and they fucking killed them all they literally were just shooting in the car and then they killed them all and and it just i i can't even like imagine this my brains at this point they don't want to accept it and like my my mental health and my brain they just shut down because maybe this is like the reaction when you get so many information and you just don't know what you feel but I, 
I just don't know what to do. I do really want to do something. I tried to like watch a movie or read a book um, to distract myself, but I can't. The answer to that question in particular upset me because having someone that you know, having a friend, you know, say things like I'm scared to not wake up one day is you know not something that you ever want to hear and also how this war has made people feel about other people you've got these russians doing terrible atrocious things and it's making you know ukrainian people like sandra think of them as as worse than the devil and you know which in many ways i completely agree with her you know the example she was giving there of what these russians were doing like of course she would think of them like that and quite rightly so but it's just it's awful to think of um you know how war's making people feel and how it's making people think of other people and and commit these things on other people it's just it's terrible and another thing as well that i think is interesting is it's not you know mental health is a huge thing at the moment and seeing mental health being talked about by sandra in a few of these answers in regards to war is you know not something that i've really experienced before um you know you never heard when people talk about world war one and world war two and history books and history class and from your grandparents there wasn't any talk of their mental health of anxiety how they're feeling during this time and i just think it's interesting how you know the landscape's changing and how we're getting sandra here talking about her mental health and how she's feeling and how other people are feeling during this time and i think it's interesting i think it's eye-opening so after that question um, I did ask her about how she felt about what other countries have done to help and, you know, do I think you should, they could do more? And this is what she had to say about that. I feel like um, the support that we receive around the world and so many people actually helping, donating and, um, like, the money, the everything that we receive is is really important, but I think the main issue right now is to close the sky and it's very scary every time the air danger and the sirens go on because they shoot from Belarusia border now and I feel like if they closed if 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 European Union closed the sky I feel like I feel like we would win this faster and this would save a lot of lives a lot of lives of innocent people of of children who who don't deserve this who who are hiding who didn't do anything who are not even connected to anything with military with the government and and i don't understand why why they can't close the sky i completely agree with her on that point i do think the sky should be closed i don't understand why it's not i i people keep saying well people i ask about it it's just threat of nuclear war and stuff like that but at the end of the day 
sanctioning Russian oligarchs is like fair enough, but we need more boots on the ground, to be honest. And I just wish that there were countries that were willing, including ours, that were willing to help out in that way, which they're not. But, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. It, it's It's upsetting to see these posts by people like Boris Johnson, Mayor of London and stuff, when you've got Ukrainian flag lights flying in London and stuff, and it's like, well, we stand in solidarity, but you're not, like, really doing enough or as much as you could do. And it just, I, if I was the people in Ukraine, I would just feel it as, you know, a bit of a slap in the face. You know? But she, obviously, she is feeling very positive about the donations and the things that people are sent which um i will be talking about at the end places you can go and there will be places in the description for this podcast in the show notes links for places that you can donate and you can show your support during this ukrainian crisis so i asked her next if this is what she thought it would feel like to be in a war and this is what she had to say i think i have never wanted to feel or imagine what is a war like and I I think I have never ever thought that I would live in time like this that I would live in the country where this would be happening and I would be scared to go to sleep and I would be scared to um, that I would be scared to actually walk around the house at night because because you don't because I'm scared to be alone. I'm 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 scared to be alone and I need to be around somebody every time. And um I don't really talk about it with people. I am the person who is always like trying to deal with everything in my head by myself. I really um whenever I have some issues, no matter what they are, I just close myself from everybody and try to solve them in my head. And this is exactly what's happening, and I don't think this is good. Um, you know, when you are a kid in school and you study, like, your country's history or the world history, and you study about the wars and you read, like, you, you, you watch some maybe movies about this, like, documentaries you don't really get the feeling completely because you've never been there and even if you feel like even if you like sympathize and and feel some like if you feel sorry and you just like um like cry when you watch a movie you the movie's over and you like you have some maybe you know like leftovers to to think about but when this is happening and I, as I said, I had never thought this would happen, and I was, until the very last moment, I was, I was thinking, I was absolutely sure that this wouldn't be happening. I didn't think that the president of Russia is such a dickhead and he would do such things, but he has nothing to lose and he doesn't care about his people, he doesn't care about his country. All he cares about is having the power and he thinks he's some kind of, I don't know, a god or something that he can take the world, but he can't. 
and he won't take Ukraine. And, you know, it's just when you just think about it, how one person could destroy the lives of so many people, could kill the lives of so many people. And I just wish somebody fucking murdered him, really. I share the sentiment of Sandra there. And, you know, I don't know how it works. I don't know how war works and how these things work. But I, do un- I don't get how, like, a MI5 James Bondian type has not just snuck over to Russia and popped one in the back of his neck. So, but I'm sure there are people that could answer that for me. I guess, you know, if you kill him, does someone else equally as worse just, you know, fill his place? Does it make things worse? I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, the people that matter, the Ukrainian people like Sandra, they don't have all the answers either. They don't know. And it's just, yeah, it's 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 difficult. And, you know, I run out of things to say, which is annoying because it is a podcast. So I do understand that. But it's, but it's a situation that, you know, takes words from your mouth in a lot of ways. So, you know, you're left without much to say. And I had one final question for Sandra. And I asked her if there was anything that she really wished other people could know right now. I want other people, everybody who listens to this, to to share it. To actually share it with as much people as possible. To really realize and maybe listen to this for several times. To actually get it inside the head of what's happening. And use the voice that they have no matter where over the social media talk about it spread it don't be silent because we need everybody right now we need the world to talk about this to help us and i think that it's important for everybody to realize that what's happening is not a fucking joke and and it's just it's just scary that we live in the 21st century where where things like this are real and having so many things that we could possibly do to create a better world there is some fucking asshole who's actually trying to kill everybody and destroy the world and I think it's important for people to actually realize that and show the support for innocent people who who suffer right now here in my home there are a lot of people who moved to different countries around the Ukraine and if if there are people in your country um no matter where you are if there are people from Ukraine who um were running away from here with kids and and they are looking for home or maybe help or food or anything help them and show them support and talk to them and you know <laughs> Tell the loved ones that you love them, hug them, text them, even if you, um, even if you, like, have a fight with somebody you love, don't be offended, don't, don't get your ego be in the way of being loved and show your humanity, because you never know when is the last time you talk to somebody you love, and it's like right now all I want to do is I want to hug some everybody that I love and 
and tell them that I love them and and I'm just scared. I'm just scared. But I really have a very strong belief that we're going to win this and we will. And this is going to be over soon and we will rebuild everything they fucking broke and destroyed here and we will become a better country independent actually the more independent we've ever been and we will never forget what they did to us and we will never forgive and i think there is justice and i believe that the justice is going to be um taken and everybody who was helping them everybody who was taking part in destroying ukraine will pay the high price and <laughs> you know i have a lot of thoughts on this but it's hard to it's hard to collect them all in my head and talk as i said i'm really uh, my body shuts down every time i think of this and i think of this 24 7 powerful words from sandra there and it is stuff that we can all take away you know about appreciating your loved ones letting go of your ego hugging you know all she wants to do is hug her loved ones it's <sighs> hmm. we came to the end of our chat there with sandra um she left us one more voice message a sort of ending goodbye which i'm going to play right now and also i want to say thank you for making this podcast and for giving me a chance to use my voice and talk about it and spread it around the world you guys are doing an amazing job and your support that you're texting me and that you're actually doing this podcast is a very wonderful thing and i i i know that there are a lot of people like you who care who support and help and doing everything they can from all around the world and i hope that this podcast is going to have a very high um <laughs> listening rate and that people are actually going to listen to this and take it very seriously and so yeah thank you for doing this thank you for sharing this and for spreading what i'm saying here because this is important and everybody needs to know what's happening actually that's all i've got from sandra guys and it was lovely to she agreed to do it and uh, she's absolutely right you will as many of you can listen to this listen to her story spread it around everyone needs to know what's going on and what it's really like in ukraine at the moment um they need to as she said not eat the bullshit and you've just got to think about what other people are going through right now and you need to do what you can to help them now speaking of in the show notes and on our social media we are going to be providing links to places where you can donate to places where you can read and research so you're in the know as what's going on because you know knowledge in itself is powerful and being informed of what is going on is you know is the least that you can do in a way so we are going to be providing those resources for you guys and we thank everybody me and sandra both thank everyone that's taken the time to listen to this whole thing and to hear her story and what's going on it's powerful it's sad it's emotional and it's real and it's what's happening right now so thank you everyone for listening to this special episode um we will be back to our regular programming in two weeks for another episode with me and sweet tea 
she'll have finished her training. But I hope you guys appreciate this conversation that's happened today and you hope you guys take something away from it. But this has been James Core, your host, and uh, we will see you again really soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.